What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblaze reporter, Mike Richmond, listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts, and now also on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, go ahead and do it now. I'd appreciate it. Also, thanks so much for making Locked on Blazers your first listen every single day. It's free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday, the only Daily Trailblazers podcast. So why not make it your first listen every day? Make it part of your daily routine. In today's show, we're talking all things Trailblazers trade assets. The NBA trade deadline is February 10th. I'm recording this on, this is Wednesday, February 2nd's show. So we're about a week out from the trade deadline. There's certainly going to be some action ahead of the deadline across the league. The Blazers are guaranteed to make some kind of trade. Whether it's big, small, we'll kind of, we can discuss that at the end of the show, or, or I will discuss that at the end of the show, kind of where we land. But what I want to do in today's show is arm you with the knowledge of what the Blazers have to trade. Exactly as we approach a week out from the deadline, what, how can the Blazers make a deal? That way, when you're talking trades with your Blazers pals, you'll know exactly kind of what's on the table and how it's going to work. Um, it'll hopefully, it'll make you kind of smarter about, uh, about what the Blazers are going to do or might be able to do ahead of the trade deadline. We're going to run through all of the assets, which quite frankly, is everybody on the roster, but let's start with draft picks. Uh, the Blazers, because of some prior trades they've made, do not have a first-round draft pick this year. They might get to keep it if they miss the playoffs. But in the deal that they acquired Larry Nance for Derek Jones Jr. in the three-team deal with Chicago and Cleveland, they sent a lottery-protected pick to the Chicago Bulls, and that is lottery-protected through 2028. That means if the Blazers miss the playoffs, they keep their pick. I'm willing to wager at some point between now and 2028, the Blazers will make the playoffs, and eventually that pick will complete the convey to the Chicago Bulls, but if it doesn't and we get to 2029, it, it'll it convert to two second round picks. That's not going to come up. That's in the weeds, but just a little bit of details to get you rolling here. So the Blazers don't really have a first round pick to trade. Conceivably, what you could do was uh, erase the protections of the pick. They're absolutely not going to do that. So let's not, let's not get into that. But you could conceivably trade uh, the next available pick after this trade conveys to the Bulls. So say it conveys next year, by rule, you'd have to trade a a pick two years from now. So the Blazers would be trading a first round pick to someone uh, in the 2026, or excuse me, 2025 draft. I I can't see that happening either. They're just not going to trade first round picks down the line. Those are valuable. It's what they need. Uh, They're going to hold on to their first round picks, very unlikely to trade them. They don't have a lot of second round pick sweeteners either. However, they do have their own 2022 second round pick because of uh, some trades uh, to acquire Trevor Reza from from the Kings, among others, uh, Rodney Hood from the Cavs. They've traded some second round picks to kind of bolster their lineup at midseason in the past, and they're, they're short on second round picks into the future. It's not in the middle of the season, it's maybe hard to acquire future seconds, but the Blazers, if they need to acquire future seconds around draft time, will be uh, will be capable of doing it. It's they kind of bought their way into the draft to get Greg Brown this year. Wouldn't worry about it, but as you point as you approach the deadline, it's not trades that they necessarily they don't have a ton of second rounders to kind of throw in and sweeten deals. They have 2022, and then they have 2027, 2028, and 2029. The rest of those in the middle there, from 2022 to 2027, are promised away. Uh, there's an outside chance they can get one back if the Hawks are the one of the best five teams in the league, but we can ignore that one for now. So that's the picks they have to trade. Not a ton of seconds and basically no firsts. That doesn't leave you with a lot. 
The next like major trade asset as we go through here is the big fish. The obvious one that they're not going to trade, but the big fish. If they were going to make a big, a, the biggest splash trade, like, uh, you know, Free Willy style jumping over the wall splash, it would be trading Damon Lillard. They're not going to do it. Like I'm not, we're not really entertaining the reality of it, but in terms of trade assets, the Bla- Damon Lillard remains the Blazers' most uh, valuable trade assets. He would command likely something like the James Harden package when Harden was shipped from Houston to Brooklyn. That's three first-round picks, three pick swaps, and two starter-level players. Uh, at the time, Jared Allen wasn't an all-star. He might make the all-star team this year, although probably not. Probably be right on the edge. But like starter-level players. Karis LeVert's a starting-level NBA wing. Uh, Jared Allen is a starting-level center. So two starters, six picks, or three picks and three swaps. That's the package for Dame. And I think that's a pretty... like. That's what you would ask for it, and that's what makes him sort of the most valuable thing they have to trade. It's it's not like I said, it's not going to happen. We don't we don't really need to entertain it. If Dame wants to be here, the Blazers want him to be here. Uh, it's it's just it's not a scenario that's going to come up. But if we're going through as we are here, <laughs> as we are here in this very fine episode, if we're going through assets to trade, if we're going through of uh, things that are available to trade. Damon Lord remains the Blazers' most valuable asset. Now, you might say, what about the young guys, Mike? And I'll say this. You can get there. But you, but Damon Lord, it makes star money and is a proven commodity. And the value for proven commodities has basically been set at the what the James Harden level trade is. If you're trading one of the top 15 players in the league, that's the asking price. Hence, Ben Simmons hasn't been traded yet because when you're trading these top tier guys, there's a big package expectation and uh, Philly and Simmons and they have combined together to have just the Ben Ben Simmons and, and Philly have combined together to have the stupidest possible approach to this trade, allowing him to never be traded and be stuck in Philly forever and pay fines for not playing forever. But it's part partially because the asking price for star level players and Ben Simmons, um, whether whether or not you believe it is a star in the league, like an elite defender and one of the you know 25 best players in the league. He's when he played. Uh, and so I think that asking price kind of is the reason why that's stalling. And that asking price applies to Damon Lord. It's absolutely, it's not like apples to oranges because Dame is, uh, shoots <laughs> at a very high level. Uh, but in terms of like what you might be asking for, it's, there's a big ask. And if the Blazers were to make Damon Lord available, it would be a big ask. And it would be that hardened level package. Not going to happen. But if you're talking about trade assets, he's your number one. There's some other proven vets on the team that would be equally appealing. And I want to talk about them in the second segment. What is a Norman Powell, a CJ McCollum, and a Larry Nance Jr. command? And are how valuable are those proven vets out on the open trade market? That's what we'll do in the second segment. But first, let me tell you about prize picks. You're looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try Prize Picks. They got an award-winning app, an easy-to-use website, and it's daily fantasy made easy. I've used it and I enjoy it, and I bet you will too. Here's how it works. Pick two to five players and an over-under in their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on each entry. And entries are super quick to make. You can make them in under 60 seconds, plus fast withdrawals, some bonus offers from time to time, including some Tuesday bonuses. And you can use, like I said, you can use their app. That's what I use on my phone. Super, super simple to use. You're just picking, they set the line, you pick over under on points, on rebounds, on assists. And if you pick the right side of the over under, you win some money. It's super simple. So for a limited time, PricePix has an exclusive offer. It's a no brainer. 
for all of its users. You get $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point, but you got to use the promo code NBA. That's right. Simple as that. Exclusive offer. Available only to locked on fans, folks who listen to the network. So sign up today, use the promo code NBA, and get $50 for free if a player in your first prize pick entry scores a single point. It's prizepicks.com or download the app in the App Store. Daily Fantasy Made Easy. Check it out. Today's show is also brought to you by TurboTax. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. We all live unique lives. Whether you invested in crypto for the first time this year, own an up-and-coming small business, or you're raising rambunctious twins, whatever it is, TurboTax experts can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, or just straight up do your taxes from start to finish. They can help you get every deduction you deserve no matter your unique situation. And you can talk to a TurboTax Live expert through your phone or your computer, all without leaving your house. TurboTax Live experts are here to help you however you need. And if you need an extra hand, hand off your tax to them and they'll do it all for you. To TurboTax Live Experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Into it, TurboTax Live. All right. We're talking Trailblazers trade assets. Got the picks. Got Damian Lord, the big fish that they're not going to trade. Let's talk about the proven vets. There's three of them on this roster. Two of them, they're imminently tradable. One of them is Larry Nance Jr. He's injured. Let's start with him. Then we'll move to CJ and Norm. Larry Nance Jr. has one year remaining on his contract at $9.7 million. He's good when he plays. He hasn't been on the floor a lot recently. He has, he has you know, he's missed uh, almost 20 consecutive games for the Blazers for a non-serious knee injury, right? Like it's a non-surgical knee injury, but it's a knee injury that's going to keep him out for a month or so. Bad news. You know, he's already, he's already more than a month that he's, that he's missed time. So it's, you know, it, I think the injury history drives Larry Nance's asking price down, but like he can play. He's, when he's on the court, he's been good. And I think he struggled a little bit in Portland, but in general, uh, I think teams would be interested in Larry Nance Jr. And that price range, the 9.7, about 10 million bucks makes him tradable. That's about the, that's about the right amount of money to be tradable for other veteran players. I think, I think Larry Nance is tradable on the open market. Him being healthy would be important because if he's healthy, then teams that are going for it can make a trade, but he could also be tra- t- uh, tradable or, or interesting, uh, two teams that are not necessarily going for it because he's he's under contract for next season. So if you are a believer in Larry Nance and maybe a believer in your medical staff getting him rights and getting him healthy, you could make a swing for him and know that you will have him under contract for next year. Larry Nance is, is um, certainly a, a proven vet. He's also a guy with a long injury history and, and, and maybe some concerns about his uh, overall durability. I think that drives down the sort of his, his, uh, his value. I think he was more valuable when the Blazers acquired him He's since been injured again. He slightly less appealing. A knee injury to a big guy is less appealing, and a knee injury on top of the other things that Nance has dealt with becomes, if not a red flag, at least a notable part of the deal. The other two proven vets are CJ McCollum and Norman Powell, and I think one of them is very likely to be moved at the trade deadline. Not guaranteed. I don't think there's there's no guarantee that that either one of these gentlemen are, but I think the Blazers are. Uh, I think the Blazers are going to be sellers, and I think part of being sellers is trading guys with big money on their contracts. We will talk about the two sort of up and up and coming promising guys next, but like vets 
with money on their contracts and with big big dollar signs are are more tradable than people with smaller contracts because it, you can make the money work, you can take back other bad money that teams don't want, and there's a proven track record. Norman Powell and CJ McCollum have been good in the league. You know, both can really score in this league. Uh, you know, Norm gives you a little more rim pressure and a little more um, defensive want to. CJ McCollum's not a bad defender, but he's a little bit undersized at, at the two. And he's just, he's a scoring two guard. He's like a two only, uh, where Norm is uh, somewhat of a combo three. He could come off the bench and play three, but I think the Blazers have pretty much proven that he's not a starting small forward in the league. But he has um, some physicality to be a good defender, particularly when paired with better defenders. He looks like a better defensive player when he had better defensive teammates there in Toronto. Uh, Norm, with four years and 74 remaining, $74 million remaining on his contract, that's a big commitment. Uh, and I think that's an important thing to know with Norm. Uh, it's it's an escalating contract, so it gets bigger from for every year uh, going forward. He's making about sixteen point six million this year, and it increases with a five percent raises. You can do the math, but four for seventy four average annual value about eighteen and a half million. It's been the going rate for what a starting shooting guard makes in the league. It was sort of like. NBA collusion to agree that every NBA shooting guard made uh, $18.5 million. It's the going rate for a starting player. Norm's a starting player, but whoever's trading for him either has to believe that they will be able to trade Norm again down the line after uh, a year or two with the contract or that they're into Norm for four years, a a major lengthy four-year commitment. There's some value because you have him under team control, and if you're going for it, you have a window to go for it with Norm, but four years is a lengthy commitment. CJ McCollum is the other end. Not a particularly lengthy commitment. Two more years, but it's at 30 plus million each of those years. And the way trades work, uh, if you're uh, above the above the salary line, above the cap team, which the majority of teams are this year, you you have to basically match salary. It's not always, there's some arcane rules that don't mean you always have to match it and you can get with within 125% or 75% on either side. But like for our purposes here, without diving too deep into the CBA, you basically have to match salary. So if you're trading out CJ McCollum, the Blazers need to take roughly $30 million back in, like to 26 and a half if you want to get into it, but $30 million. Uh, it's It makes him a little bit harder to trade. CJ McCollum can help. And I think with in a specific situation, uh, say like the New Orleans Pelicans who have been rumored by, you know, Mark Stein and Eric Pincus and uh, and Jake Fisher to be interested in CJ McCollum services, that that's like a specific team, right? The, the Pelicans need, have a specific need. CJ McCollum might fit their specific need. Does every other team need a 30-year-old shooting guard who's who can really score but doesn't uh, isn't a great passer and doesn't get a lot of easy shots? Maybe not, but he could play and he's proven he can play. And I think if you can find, make the money work, I don't think, I think Norm is easier to trade than CJ, but CJ is in the right spot, still can bring you some value back. I don't think you're going to get multiple first round picks for CJ McCollum. I don't think you're going to get a star player in return for CJ McCollum. I think you're going to get a decent, you might be able to get two decent role players and a protected first. Like, I think that's a reasonable thought for Norm or for CJ. And I think for Norm, it's, it's like, you could get someone about on his level, you know, like a borderline fifth starter type, fourth or fifth starter type, and a second. Or if you're taking back, you know, if the money's a little bit different, you're the one giving away a future second in the trade for Norm. It's neither of neither Norman Powell nor CJ McCollum have these super 
sexy tradable contracts, but both are movable. Uh, certainly, they're not immovable. CJ, for me, harder to trade than Norm, but I think the years on Norm's contract means that it's going to take a specific team that's either all in and going for it and they'll figure out the details later, or that has convinced themselves that Norman Powell for the next four years is going to be good. Um, it's probably a safe bet. He's been solid this year on offense. His defense has taken a step back, but again, better defensive teammates, I think you get more out of Norm. The other, the other, like the two parts that are likely to move the most, those are, those are your proven vets. The next category we got is the expirings. And there's two guys that are on expiring deals, also in the proven get vet category, but on expiring deals. And those are Yusuf Nurkic and Robert Covington. Uh, Nurk's making about 12 million. Rocco's making about 13 million. Both of them will enter unrestricted free agency this summer. And whoever acquires them will have their bird rights, which is named after your boy, Larry Bird. But it means that if you are the team that has that has Robert Covington or Yusuf Nurkic on the roster at the end of the season, you can go over the salary cap to re-sign them. That, uh, that allows the acquiring team or if the Blazers, who, uh, if they're still on the roster, to basically decide if they want to retain them. Now, unrestricted free agency means players can go and make their own decisions, but money won't be the reason why, right? Like role, opportunity, uh, quality of life, championship aspirations, et cetera, et cetera. But money won't be a factor. You will not have the bird rights allow you to go, you know, give a player a raise and, and, and go over the, uh, go over the cap to, to retain them. So it, you had there is some real advantage in trading for Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic. And as I've mentioned in a prior show, there's not a ton of there's not going to be there's only four teams projected to have cap space this summer, and the free agent class is pretty underwhelming. You could make a case that Yusuf Nurkic is the best center available on the free agent market, uh, depending on your opinion of Jonas Valanciunas. So there's I think they're both appealing. Robert Covington, uh, and this is some reporting from Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report. Unlo- he said he reports very unlikely, uh, excuse me, this is Michael Scott of Hoops Hype who, who reported this, uh, unlikely to return a first round pick for Robert Covington. You know, he's a little bit older at 31. He's had some up, ups and downs and really it's he started down and then he's been shooting a lot better. Uh, he's had a couple kind of wacky games in a row as I record this, but over the last six weeks, pushing up towards 40% from three. Uh, his, his defense has been up and down, but since he lost his spot in the starting lineup for my money, he's looked better defensively, even if the advanced numbers don't necessarily back that up, that he's made great strides. I think you can just see it with your eyeballs. He's been better defensively and better offensively over the last six weeks, but the going rate is probably not a first round pick. It's probably, uh, you know, another role player making about the same amount of money and maybe some second round picks for, for Rocco. Uh, he has the type of skill set that could be valuable for a contender. I think he's very tradable and I think he's the most likely trailblazer to be traded. Robert Covington. Absolutely. Nurk, you know, he told Jason Quick that he he doesn't believe, he's been doesn't have like assurance that he won't be traded, but the Blazers have Joe Cronin told Nurk that they want to build around him. Cronin said he wants to build around Dame, CJ, and Nurk. If you are to believe what Nurk told uh, Jason Quick, and that is a huge yikes for another day. In fact, something we talked about in a previous show, but. I think there's a chance. I think there's a pretty good chance Nurk is on the team because uh, it's going to be hard for the Blazers to trade for a center that's better than him. There's not centers that are going to be available on the open market that are better than him. You know, Jonas Valanciunas is maybe different skill set, and you could argue um, that he's better. I think he, maybe he is because he's a little better offensive player, but it's close. Like they're very comparable players. Um, it's so. And if the Blazers do get off Nurk's money and get another expiring, they're not going to magically have cap space to go out and and be more flexible. They don't gain any flexibility by trading Nurk. They're just, 
they're probably better off keeping him, even if keeping him means running back a relatively similar roster and recognizing the limitations with that roster. Rocco and Nurk, though, expiring contracts are, they're not as appealing as they once were to NBA teams as contracts have gotten shorter and uh, there's more ways to manipulate the cap and teams that are really going for it generally stay above the cap and operate there. So they're not um, jumping into sort of the cap space carousel and generally speaking, bad teams are not stockpiling cap space to use in the summertime. They're stockpiling cap space to take on bad money and get draft picks. That's kind of the way the league has worked. Cap space is probably less valuable than it's ever been in the league just because of the way player movements works and the way teams covet draft picks. But I still think um, with the with the bird rights thing and the and Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic are good basketball players. Like Rocco, I don't. I said earlier this season a couple times that I think he would start for every team in the league. I've probably come off that stance, but he will play for every team in the league. Like he's a top eight or nine contributor on literally every team, even the very good ones. Uh, I have confidence in saying that. I'm a little nervous about saying that about the Phoenix Suns, but but I do mean it. Like he's, I think I I'm a Robert Covington believer, a truther, whatever you want to call it. Those are. Those are your proven vets. Those are your expirings. What I want to talk about to close the show is the promising youngsters and the rest of the group. Those are minimum guys and minimum guys and real end of the bench youth. That's what we'll do to close the show. But before we do that, I want to tell y'all about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Your typical Built Bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. That's it. A whole lot of punch. Plus, they're delicious, like cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, coconut almond. Coconut almond rocks. I haven't told you all about coconut uh, coconut almond in a while. Strong, strong recommend for coconut almond. Also got some fruity flavors, like strawberry and raspberry. Plus, limited time flavors all the time. So whether you're, if you're looking for something that has a little bit sweet, covered in chocolate, kind of hits that, hits that sweet craving, but still packs a punch and isn't chock full of caloric intake, why not check out Built Bar? All tasty, all healthy. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Gresham Family Law. Every family needs a trusted advisor that can help guide them through life's most difficult decisions. And so, if you are faced with those decisions that could affect your family, your future, remember, you don't have to face it alone. Gresham Family Law has your back. From helping you prepare for a successful marriage, to protecting your home, to preserving your legacy, and ensuring that your wishes, that your last wishes are honored with respect, Gresham Family Law is proud to provide holistic family law representation and counsel in the areas of family law, including divorce, custody, probate of wills, estate planning, and bankruptcy. Call Gresham Family Law now at 503-465-9900 to set up an in-person consultation at their home location at 1217 Northeast Burnside Road in Gresham or a socially distanced consultation via video conferencing or over the telephone. Home visits are also available for certain clients and certain case types. That's GreshamFamilyLaw.com where you can visit for more information. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers. We're going through Trailblazers trade assets. The next one on the list is the promising youngsters. Now, to some extent, 
You might think that Nazir Little and Anthony Simons are the Blazers' most valuable trade chips, and I would argue Anthony Simons is easily the most promising player on the roster. Probably, if you had to pick which player on the roster will be best five years from now, probably Lean Ant. I think there's an outside chance that Damon Lord is still really darn good because of the shooting, but he'll be 36. Ant will be 27. I'm probably going to lean Ant on that one. However, as I mentioned in our our Proven Vets uh, section, guys who are making under $10 million are a little bit harder to trade. Anthony Simons makes $3.9 million this year. Nazir Little makes 2.3. It is hard to trade them for what your asking price would be without attaching them to someone else. So if you are trading Ant, it's going to be along with Robert Covington or maybe along with Nurk and maybe along with Larry Nance to kind of build you up to about $25 million because if you're trading for Ant, you want a star in return and stars make 20 plus million dollars in the league. It's hard to find an equitable trade partner where you can acquire a star and package Ant with enough salaries to make it happen to get it back. Now, like an Ant plus norm for somebody really good could get you there, but does, you know, you've got to find a suitor that wants that and will take on that money. Ant plus CJ, same kind of thing, but will they take on that kind of money for the, for the Anthony Simons deal? You're just, you're not going to be able to trade Anthony Simons for what you would want, which is like a a dude who's going to be a star in the league or hopefully could be a star in the league, I think is maybe more accurate way to to portray that. So Ant's really hard to trade because of his, because of how much money he's making. Just a, just a difficult, it's a difficult needle to thread. Same deal with Nazir Little. Um, Not as promising as Ant. You're not trading Nas for like a star, but Nas could be a sweetener in a lot of trades, but that's what he would be, right? Like your, your trading Nurk or your trading Norm, I think is maybe the most likely one. Trading Norm and you want back some value and so you attach Nazir Little to that transaction now you're working with about 20 million dollars you've got Norm who's pretty good and Nazir Little who's a really promising 3 and D wing now now you're um now you're working with something now you now you've got 20 million bucks and maybe you're maybe you're getting closer to what a trade looks like in a sort of a two for one swap or a two for two where you're taking back minimums to make the money work that's Simon's really valuable. Like I, like I've said a bunch on the show, I project him to be a long-term NBA starter. And and there's a chance that he flirts with a couple all-star games. Like he's that good. Uh, it's, it's always a safe bet that guys won't make the all-star team. It's hard. It's, it's a hard thing to do. Uh, but you know, he's, he looks like he could be someone in that category. And his little doesn't look like an all-star, but he looks like the exact type of wing, uh, you know, a high, high level rebounder, high energy defender, and someone who's uh, slowly growing his three out outside shooting stroke that could be really valuable to basically every team in the league. That's that's what you're after. Uh, if Nazir Little was 6'8", he'd be he wouldn't have gone 25th in the draft. Uh, he's 6'5", but he rebounds like he's bigger than that. He plays really hard. He's sort of the prototype of what you want on the wing. Uh he ha- certainly has value, but at just 2.3 million Hard to make it work. Uh, Nas is on the books for one more season. Anthony Simons will enter uh, unrestricted, excuse me, restricted free agency this summer where the Blazers will have the right to not only uh, go over the salary cap to pay whatever they want to, but match any offer he receives on the open market. So there's no incentive for the Blazers to trade Ant. They can, if they want him on the team, he will be on the team and there are no, there are really no um, barriers to him returning to be on the roster. If he, if he's part of their long-term plans, they just got to sign the check. That's all it would be. And like, there's, I mean, maybe there's like a salary match that they wouldn't go over, but they should. If another team values uh, Ant at near max, 
maybe we'll have that conversation. But I, you know, if it's 20 million, that's four for 80 for Anthony Simons. You just, you just sign the paper right away and say, we'd love to match. We're happy to have Anthony Simons on the roster for the next four seasons. So I don't, Ant and Nas promising youngsters could be sweeteners in other trades, but I don't, it's really hard to trade them by themselves. That leaves us with the youth and the minimums left. So the minimums, Dennis Smith Jr., Ben McLemore, Tony Snell, Cody Zeller. Dennis Smith Jr. could help. Uh, I don't think teams are desperately pining for a backup point guard, but Dennis Smith Jr. like proven that he's like a pretty decent NBA NBA backup. Like he's he could be in a backup NBA point guard who plays darn near every night for teams. I, I like his defense. I like his, mostly I, I like his decision making. Uh, I think he's a good backup. Like I don't think we need to say more. Ben McLemore, a shooter. Shooters are always coveted, but it's really hard to trade minimum guys. You're mostly swapping minimum for minimum or swapping minimum for second round picks. Could the Blazers get a couple second rounders and kind of replenish their stock of second rounders for Ben McLemore? Probably not two, but maybe one type of thing. And I think if you can do that, you probably look into it. Ben McLemore can really shoot it. It's one of the best shooters in the NBA. He doesn't do much else, but if you're going to be good at one thing, Ben McLemore is good at the most important thing that makes him valuable. Hard to trade on his own. Most minimum guys will be included in other trades to make the money work. That's why they're in their own section. Tony Snell's not good. Uh, not going to be coveted around the league. The only reason he'd be traded is to make the money work. Uh, Cody Zeller is hurt. You know, he's headed for he's headed for knee surgery, going to miss the rest of the year. Absolutely could conclude him in a trade because another team needs to kind of make the money work in a trade or they want to absorb Cody Zeller into an open roster spot and either give the Blazers a a fake second round pick or uh, receive a second round pick from the Blazers for, for making it happen and clearing a spot for the Blazers. Like I think Zeller could be traded because in some ways um, the injury makes him, you know, you, you don't have to worry about how he fits in. He just you acquire him for financial purposes, you acquire him for pick uh, acquisition purposes and keep it moving. But you know, no, wasn't particularly good this year and also hurt now. doesn't have a uh, standalone value. It's really hard to trade second rounders like CJ Ellaby and Greg Brown. Uh, it could be conceivably included in trades to make the money work, but they make less than the NBA minimum. So it makes more sense to throw a minimum guy into a contract. Also, minimum minimum guys count a little bit different against the salary cap. Uh, so teams might need that money, to, need the, the way that counts to make it work. Uh, Again, we won't get too deep into the weeds, but CJ Ellaby and Greg Brown do not have any trade value, a standalone trade value, and would only be in concluding trades to make the money work out. Uh, the, neither of them are promising enough that, that they could be the holdup. If teams want them or teams need them to financially make other trades work, you go ahead and do it. If Greg Brown and CJ Ellaby pop and become NBA players, that's the risk you have to take. That's the job. So... Where have we landed after we've gone through this whole exercise, right? Like that's, we talked to Dame, we've talked to Dame, the big fish. We talked to proven vets with CJ Norman, Larry, the expirings with Rocco and Nurk, those promising youngsters with Ant and Nas, and then everybody else, the youth and the minimums. Where do we land? I think the Blazers are very likely to be sellers at the deadline. In a league where there may not be many sellers, I think the Blazers are likely to be sellers. I think Robert Covington is a lock to be traded. I think one of Norman CJ is likely to be traded, although there's no rush. They could be traded at draft time. They could be traded in the summer. Like there's no rush. They're under contract for multiple seasons after this one. You absolutely do not have to do it. I think Nurk is unlikely to be traded for reasons I brought up in the past, but hard to get another starting quality center and he's been pretty he's been pretty good and the mark there's just 
it would be hard to upgrade that spot. And if the Blazers' plan is to to be you know bad this year and get their draft pick and then be good again next year, hard to trade Nurk and accomplish that goal. Absolutely could be traded. I just find it relatively unlikely. So I think it's CJ. I think it's Norm. I think it's Rocco. I think those are your three names that you're very likely to see moved. And I think the Blazers are going to be sellers. But I do not anticipate a fire sale. And what I mean by that is that I do not anticipate the Blazers trade their vets for draft picks. I don't think they're going to trade for, you know, to clear cap space and get just get draft picks and start there. They want to go for it with Dame on the roster. They want to have another shot at being a competitive team. Are they going to take like, you know, are they going to cash it all in for a try to you know immediately compete for a championship next fall? I don't think so. But I think they're going to try to get back to the level that they thought they were this year, which is like a dark horse team to that can compete for a home court advantage in the playoffs. And if they're healthy and have home court advantage and chips fall rights, they can push themselves in the Western Conference Final and maybe have a puncher's chance to go beyond that. That's what that's what they want to be next year. That's the that's the goal. I don't think they've stated that anywhere publicly, but based on uh, how they've you know how they're going to handle Dame and Dame's wishes, that's the goal. That's the goal for the Blazers. Um, you don't need to be uh, what did they say a rocket surgeon to figure that one out. So I think the Blazers are going to be sellers. I think they're a team that's likely to make moves in a, in a league where there's not going to be sellers, but no fire sale. So they want veterans back. They want proven players back. They want helpful players back. It's a tough needled thread. We've said it a bunch of times on here. But those are the Blazers' trade assets: Larry, Rocco, Dane, or Norm, CJ. Those are most tradable players. Nas, if you can get, if he brings back the right part as a sweetener. Nurk, if you can find another center and thread the needle from in multiple trades. They don't have a ton of wonderful assets. No, no first round picks to trade really and limited second round picks to kind of cushion the back end of a trade to push it through. Hey, what if we give you two second rounders? Could that work? They don't have a lot of they don't have a lot of opportunities to do that. But they are one of the teams that's going to be selling. And perhaps in a league where there are limited sellers, the Blazers can get back at a higher asking price for the right teams that are going to swing for it or the right teams that are that want what the Blazers are selling. And the Blazers are selling some vets with multi-years left on their contracts and some expirings that could help the right team that's making the move. Those are the Blazers trade assets. Go out into the world with this knowledge. And when your friends start talking Blazer trades, you can tell them how it all works. I hope you found this useful. I wanted to sort of set the stage a week out from the trade deadline, what the Blazers truly have to trade and what that value kind of looks like on the open market. So tell your friends about this podcast. Tell them they can get it wherever they already get podcasts and tell them to come back for uh, Thursday's show and we'll recap the game against the Los Angeles Lakers and we are very likely to have a a special guest uh, non-Jason Quick style special guest so come back for that one I'm not teasing it specifically because I haven't got it confirmed but I'm I'm darn sure we're gonna get one so fun shows the rest of the week got two more coming at you free on all platforms five days a week every single weekday so when you're telling your friends about this show and when you're talking trades with them tell them to listen to locked on blazers tell them to look for us just search locked on blazers you'll find us wherever you're looking appreciate you listening talk to you soon